This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's worst 250 movies so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. I'm Crab Gale Board. <laughs> and this week, us crabs watched uh, The Grudge. The Grudge. <laughs> <laughs> a house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Let's watch. Yum, yum, yum. Mm, that's good coffee. Ooh, baby. Ooh, I'm on a peppermint tea myself. Ooh, baby, baby. Ooh, ooh, baby, baby. Uh, how, 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 what's, what's your fucking deal? <laughs> well, we did something last week that we don't like to do, yeah. which is that we weren't able to release because I've been unwell, which has been a real trend in my life um, yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, we, we have cool. a chronicle of your uh, problems with recurring illness That's why they on call this it podcast. chronic illness, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a mystery illness, and um, sometimes my body just flares up for no reason, and it feels yeah. like my throat has flared up, my eyes have flared up. And my ear has become infected. And my shoulder hurts. Basically, the top left quarter of me, very painful. Fine, yeah. Very sore. As far as I understand, the nature of autoimmune disorders, which is what the current theory is, mm. is uh, diagnosing them means that you have to have an illness. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, that's also a thing that lots of people who don't have autoimmune disorders have. Yeah. So it's really hard to sort of pick exactly, it out. Exactly, <laughs> because you need basically a rheumatologist to study you, and rheumatologists are not easy to book appointments with. Ugh, and you need them. Rheumatologists, man. There's not enough of them. And then they need to. They need to ascertain if the series of infections and issues that you've had recently are, cause, are caused by a disease that basically turns your your immune system against you or if it's just a random series of illnesses yeah and the way that they diagnose that usually just guesswork so uh, science isn't done it's no we haven't reached the end of it i come to the gp and i mention autoimmune things i can see them just sit back a little bit and well you're you're a woman talking about autoimmune things they've been uh pre-trained to just dismiss you you it's not just pms (laughs) i'm pretty sure you're hysterical this might be mood just lose some weight and run more (laughs) i think that'll get rid of it (laughs) that is always what i (laughs) No, but that's that's my excuse so listeners i apologize but additionally from that you know, because the, because of that, it's been a while since recording. We've both had a couple things it's been happen. A while. I started playing Elden Ring finally. That's huge. Playing as a wretch. I'm already through like the first major boss. Really fun. I won't bog this down with going into it, but hey, any any fans who are playing Elden Ring, hit me up. I'm really enjoying it. I really Aww. like the sense of discovery. Watched everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. After watching it, I turned to my darling girlfriend Brooke. Hi, Brooke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there we go. Fucking <laughs> take your pound of flesh. There's <laughs> <laughs> your 30 pieces of silver. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you also, in the time since our last proper episode, got a cat. Got a little kitty. You got a little baby. Sweet little kitty. Her name is Mavis. We got her from the RSPCA. She was a stray beforehand. She's mm. about six years old. She's so cute. She's a black and white cat. There was this whole thing. I've already told this to a few friends. Um, Blech. All right, cut out there. 
I know the name is just the name that the RSPCA gave her because as a stray, she wouldn't have had a name beforehand. But it means that I don't have to fight with Brooke about what her name is. Her name is Mavis because right bef- the day before we went there, she presented me with this list of names. It was maybe 40 names long that was almost exclusively Japanese and Italian food names. I, I noticed. It was like I, I don't- boccaccini, sake, <laughs> miso. <laughs> Linguini. What is it about Japanese and Italian food that makes us want to go, that's a name? Yeah, I don't know. I don't At get least it. it wasn't either Nala or Luna, because if I meet one more pet either called Nala or Luna, I will lose my fucking mind. I understand. On the one hand, I get the impulse to be like, name your kid something more interesting. Because I also like when I meet a baby named John, I'm like, why? Yeah. But also, there's part of me that goes, well, gee, I like that name. What's wrong with it? You know, I, I, I want to I defend people's rights to just go like, well, even if there are a lot of cats named Luna, that's a cool name for a cat. I'm going to do it anyway. Strong disagree. Strong disagree. <laughs> that's fine. Like Get many of the things we've argued about on this podcast, I'm, you can be the villain and I will be correct. It's great. Yeah, I'm happy for that. <laughs> I just want people to do better, you know? <laughs> I know I'm your you disappointed do. dad telling you to think up a different name. I'm begging you. You're you're begging me. Yeah. Then beg and <laughs> then perish, and it, and in in alignment with what we've established, because I'm not stubborn, I mm-hmm. refuse to budge on how I feel about this issue. If you're not going to budge, traditionally, this is where we would maybe pivot into Spookums in April. However, I want to start talking about the movie first and use Spookums in April maybe as like a hail mary halfway through. Okay. Because. Because, hey, i gotta, I got to tell you, i got to tell everyone up front who's listening, this is your bail point. I have no <laughs> idea. This, mo- I, I just, this movie is so nothing. It's so bland. Oh, my God. We could talk about Mavis for, like, 40 minutes if you want. I actually don't think people signed up for that. Mm. <laughs> Listeners, vote now. Text us at no, cause the promise <laughs> 1-800-RATE. Isn't just that we, it isn't rate. just that we're watching 250 of increasingly bad movies. It's that we then have to be funny about it for an hour. That is our curse, is turn it into entertainment. What if we just ask our listeners right now for an exemption? Can we not be funny? <laughs> Can you just give us a break? No, because they've granted us that in the past when we talked about Human Centipede, where we said up front, we're not going to be funny, we're going to be <laughs> yeah. angry about it. <laughs> can you grant us a second exemption? <laughs> give us a break. No, we can do it. We can do it. Come on. We can we can pull something out of this. We can pull something out of this. I, I also want to say... <laughs> holy hell. We're both so tired. It's like, you're barely well enough to get back on recording. <laughs> it's just that I'm going to be in Sydney for work for a week. my throat is, like, worse <laughs> than it has been the whole week. But I'm here showing up. I've, I've been up until midnight almost every night working, and I'm just so tired. So, like, what are your... What, I mean, like, look, we're in that opening bit, right? We're not even in the key details yet. What's your thoughts of the movie? Come on. What, what's your <sighs> thought of The Grudge 2020? Why did we need another grudge? Because my my overall impressions are, like, this film is so good at being predictable Mm. and doing every trope under the sun. Yep. It was almost painful to watch. Mm -hmm. Why do we need... Why do we do reboots? Like, I'm angry about it. Why do we keep fucking kickstarting these things? Yeah. We had the the original grudge, and then the Americans decided to remake it in 2004, and then they remade the American remake. I just don't... (laughs) Let it lie. This is the Spider-Man effect. Stop. Now, 
to the defense of the original American remake, that was with the original Japanese director, Takashi Shimizu. Overall thoughts, really boring, really slow. Mm-hmm. But the lead woman? Yeah. I watched Death of Stalin for the first time. Oh, man, I've been wanting to watch that for so oh, long because I love so good. Um, Armando Iannucci. And she plays Svetlana, um, who's Stalin's daughter, and she was such a standout. And I was like, hang on. That's the lead woman from The Grudge. We're talking about Andrea Risenberg. Yeah, and I've never seen her in anything else. So in one week, I saw her in two films, which really That's shocked so me. Weird. And two very different films. Death of Stalin is so good. I think she was God, good in this because she has what I think a lot of, uh, what is good in a lot of both detective stories, because she plays a detective in this, as well as horror things that, mm. of this tone. She was good. Where she, was she has pulling like the film up. sad eyes. Mm. Like she's really and good. And a weary face. At, yeah, at like sitting in a room and looking wearied and worried about the whole thing. That's kind of how I've been for the last week. <clears throat> oh I sit God. in rooms and I look really weary and worried. But you were mentioning like, why do we need another grudge? Do you want me to, I wrote this down. Do you want me to tell you what the franchise entries are of this? Yes. So between, this is both the Japanese and the American ones. There were two shorts by Takashi Shimizu. Katasumi and four 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 four. Then in two thousand, what? <laughs> it's just it's it's the number four ten times. What? Four is a, like a curse number in Japan. Okay. So the name of it there's there's Katasumi and then there's the other one. The name is four ten times. Okay, right. And then in two thousand there was Juon the curse. And then in, also in 2000, there was Juon The Curse 2. And then in 2002, there was Juon The Grudge. So that was the third of The Grudge series. Right. And then in 2003, there was Juon The Grudge 2. Then in 2004, he went to America to remake Juon The Grudge as The Grudge. Yeah. Then in 2006, there was The Grudge 2. Then 2009, The Grudge 3. And then back to Japan. For, I think The Grudge 3 was the first one that Takashi Shimizu didn't direct as well. 2009, Juwon Black Ghost. Also in 2009, simultaneous release, Juwon White Ghost. Oh, my God. Then in 2014, there was like a semi-reboot, Juwon The Beginning of the End, which is really funny to put right in the middle there. It's about a Winston Churchill quote. <laughs> this is not the end. This is not even the beginning of the end, but rather the end of the beginning. Ah. Uh, 2015, Juwon, The Final Curse. Always hilarious when that's not the last one. Then in 2016, <laughs> penultimate curse. there was Sadako versus Kayako, which we've brought up before because Sadako is the Japanese uh, antagonist of the ring. Yeah. And then in 2020, there was this, The Grudge. Christ, on a bike. Which, if you count both of the shorts as one entry, because that's what Wikipedia does, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 entries. That's ridiculous. And is this like the biggest franchise we've done so far? I'm not sure we've done anything with 14 entries. I think it's one of the entries. longest franchises. Yeah, because I mean, we've done like Jason. Like we, we did like the Friday the 13th franchise, true. but that's still only up to like 11 or 12, right? Uh, I think it specifically has 12, either 12 or 14. It's like okay. one away from 13 Fuck. entries. And w- like I watched every Police Academy. I did not watch every Grudge movie. No. <laughs> I didn't need that's to. That's too much of an ask. <laughs> um, but I kind of dig that he's just this guy like he came up with those original shorts when he was at film school his teacher was like an also legendary japanese horror director oh my god and helped him workshop it and i like that he was like this is my thing and i'm gonna keep doing it over and over and over again yeah and man to his credit fucking worked man i mean (laughs) 
almost none of them are critically acclaimed, but the people keep watching them. Do you know how what the budget of this film was and how much it made? Do you, we can just go straight into key details. Sure. If you want. Yeah. So to start with the budget, because that was your question, the budget for this one was 10 to 14 million. You know, sometimes they give a range. Uh-huh. I never know why that is. 10 to 14 million and it made 49.5 million. Okay. I think almost all of them are profitable. Fuck. So that is why they keep making it. Yeah. That is why they keep making That's it. That's annoying and disappointing. <laughs> I just don't want it to make money. I want them to be, I want them to suffer the yeah. way that we suffer. Uh, this came Fuck out me. in 2020. Fuck you. One of the more interesting things about the director was Nicholas Pesci, I think his name is, or Pesca, um, who's like an art house director, art house horror. He, I looked at the stuff he did before, and it's the kind of thing where it would be like indie darling horror that like nobody has seen, and everyone who watched it was like, it's too much. I had yeah. to walk out. I threw up five times after watching it. I hated it because it made me so viscerally uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you're you're doing it. But I, I can't imagine why anyone is like, I choose this. Yeah. He also wrote and produced it, but he wrote it with a guy called Jeff Bueller. Uh, it's starring Andrea Risenborough, uh, Demian Bashir, John Cho, Betty Gilpin, Lynn Shay, and Jackie Weaver. Oh, Jackie Weaver was too good for this movie. Too good. Has Jackie Weaver why. been on this list before? I don't think so. I don't think so, but I kind of have like a sense memory of us bringing up Jackie Weaver. Why are you in this? But uh, also John Cho, a guy who I think is underrated as an actor. He's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. I feel like because of like Harold and Kumar, he gets dismissed both as a comedic actor and as just Harold. But like he was in Searching and stuff. He's, He's a pretty good regular dramatic actor. Was he in Crazy Rich Asians as well? Henry Golding was the guy right. from uh, Crazy Rich name. Asians. Henry Golding makes him sound like a minor in 1857. Oh, I think it makes him sound like a noble in 1816. I feel like he's like he's 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 work in the fields, but he gets he gets lots of nuggets. And then he becomes what? then he becomes a noble. <laughs> he gets lots of nuggets. He gets loads of nuggets. He's in the field, but he gets a lot of nuggets. I'm unwell. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, I get every leniency today. <laughs> I get to be treated like a weedle baby. I Tell was, me I'm a weedle baby. You're a little baby. Tell me I'm a sick weedle baby. You're a sick little baby. And uh, I'm you're special. You're a sick little baby. Uh, but I'm special. You're special uh, in that you're the sickest little baby yeah, there is. like in a good way. Yeah, you ride skateboard. You give me the shaka sign. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Before, before to the overview, returning actor Lynn Shay, who in this she plays like the older woman. Yeah. She was in Ouija. Is who? She was, the whole thing in Ouija was that they were like, oh my God, there's a curse in the house because there was some woman whose sister they killed in a witch cult or who the fuck cares. Then they go to the old person's home to find her and then it's Lynn Shay sitting there as the woman and they're like, hey, oh my uh, God. And she's yeah. like clearly villainous. I do remember her. Yeah. She plays villainous old women in terrible, terrible horror films. Yeah, in this she cuts her fingers off and it's it's one of the more really uncomfortable bits to watch. Yeah. And apparently that was her idea. Aww. Also, interestingly, she was in Critters 1 and 2, which we did Critters 3. Oh. Yeah. So many franchises in this terrible list. Yeah. Well, a lot of franchises end up having an entry that's really bad. Yeah. Here's the overview. In This is really fucking hard to do the overview for because, like, it cuts around a lot between 2004, 2005, and 2006, but it's also incomprehensible. Mm. So 
I did my best. In 2004, live-in nurse Fiona Landers leaves a house in Tokyo before encountering and being cursed by Kayako Saeki. Later in 2006, new detective Muldoon moves to the area and is quickly drawn into the now former Landers home while her partner Goodman is reticent to continue on uh, in the investigation. Muldoon investigates and finds that Fiona Landers killed her husband and child once she got back from Tokyo and that several other murders have occurred in or around the home. She discovers that Goodman's old partner started seeing visions of the Landers after going inside to investigate the original murders and is now locked in an asylum. Confronting him, Muldoon begins to believe that she too has become cursed by the Landers for entering their home. Going through the tapes made by Goodman's partner, she discovers the potential origin of the curse and resolves to burn the house down, dousing it in gasoline and setting it ablaze. Sometime later, Muldoon hugs her son before he leaves for school, only for her to then see the real Burke, which is her son, leave the house. The one she embraced is revealed to be the Lander's ghost, who then drag her away. You may notice, uh, Abby is the other person who watched this, that I didn't do an overview at all of any of the other storylines. Because they're all just someone hangs out for a while and then they're in the house and they get killed by a ghost. That is yeah. the overview of every other storyline. Most most of this film is someone walking down a hallway hearing something creepy and being like, hello. Yeah. And then seeing something semi-strange and then something lurches out and screams at them. Yeah. Oh, That's my God. 90% of this movie. So many of the scares are like jump scare to a gross thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the John Cho storyline. The John Cho storyline I liked, even if it was one of the less dramatically interesting ones. Because he has, his partner is pregnant, but she has some illness. A- ALD. ALD. Well, I- the baby is going to be born with ALD. I think it's because she is ALD. And then the baby will have ALD. No, ALD is pretty crippling. Like oh, okay. A- some babies are just born with ALD. Okay. It's like a very rare genetic thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there's this like, oh, will we continue to have the baby or whatever? And or then ADL, whatever it's called. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're we gonna we're gonna continue to have the baby. And this is for me one of the few like really funny parts of the movie is that they're like neighbors to the Landers, and he's been trying to like get in touch with them so that he can sell their house because he's a real estate agent. But they haven't been talking for a few days. Because they're all dead. They, they got <laughs> violently murdered. And then he comes over and then he's like, oh, he sees out the front. What is to the audience very clearly the ghost of the daughter? Mm. Because it's the classic ghost thing where she looks all wet and yellow. Yeah. And spooky. Creepy, and he's like, spooky child. Hey, little, he's really nice. Yeah. He's like, hey, little girl, uh, how are you going? Are your parents home? Like not at all addressing that she looks spooky, which is a good adult thing to do. And then she just doesn't say anything. And is like, are you, are you okay? Are your parents home? And then her nose starts bleeding and women to go, oh, spooky blood. And he's just like, oh my God, are you okay? Here, let me take you inside and clean you up. I'm like, that's, that's good, responsible adulting. He's responding to this correctly because nosebleeds, that's just a kid thing. Yeah. That's not spooky. Yeah, it's not spooky It's just at a all. normal thing that happens what? to children. It's a child that's afraid to talk to me that's having a nosebleed. Were you ever a nosebleed kid? Never. Never? Nah. Do Too you, strong. You ever, oh my God. Have you ever had a nosebleed? No. I feel like I give off the vibe of nosebleed kid, <laughs> but I, I have only had maybe like two nosebleeds in my life. Nosebleed vibes. What what caused the nosebleeds? Uh, I don't know. I think one time I was like either sick. I mean, when I was a, a very young child, I would sometimes put my fingers in my nose. You, you would can, never do that now. And you can accidentally cause damage. You would never do that now. Never though. do that now. You don't now. pick your nose. I no. don't pick. I don't have a nose. No. <laughs> my nose. My nose is shut. 
My nostrils look like nostrils, but they're actually just black dots. Close for business. You can't get anything up in there. It's just a smooth Do you breathe triangle. okay? I don't breathe through my nose. Nostrils are all for appearance, man. <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> Splattered on my coffee. I think you'll find that's uh, not true. <laughs> um, yeah, but then that storyline ends by he's just looking after the little girl for a while and then he sees like a bathtub of black goo that that bit oh, i think it's like dark blood or something i don't know it looked that's bloody. a no, that's a recurring thing in a lot of the grudge movies is a bathtub of full of blood it's, it's not blood it's just black liquid is it i remember when i was watching that scene i was actually just thinking in my head the writers being like and what if he comes into the bathroom and the bath is like full of blood and he walks slowly towards the bath and he peers down into it and she grabs him and they're like that's great that's beautiful that's yeah <laughs> that's so original let's do it it's, it's really gonna spook him man you fucking nailed it lovely yeah. it's lo- just that scene really annoyed me it really bugged me there's also like one of the john cho bits which i mean i don't know why i'm hyper fixating on john cho's storyline <laughs> i just thought he was charismatic in it it's like him and Andrea Risenborough are the are the only two who I think are really given it. Yeah, Jackie Weaver even didn't give it, and she's not great, but like she, she was, was not. Damien Bashir was one of the uh, bright spots of Hateful Eight, a movie I really don't like. But in this, I, maybe it's because it's part of his character, but he's mostly just like. Meh. Who did he play in Hateful Eight? The Mexican. Oh, that's his. That's his title in the movie, guys. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> just. I didn't just. <laughs> That is really funny if you haven't seen The Hateful Eight. <laughs> but yeah, there's a like the poster is a head in a shower and then there's like f- dirty fingers coming out of the back of the head, which is kind of like uncomfortable to the point where I'm like, man, i got to post this image on the Twitter. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a spooky image. And then in the movie, it's so much less spooky. And that's because he's in the shower. You see the fingers and you're like, oh, and then it does like an editing thing of going, Whoop, fast motion and he's like huh, huh, huh? and then there's like nothing there and yeah. he's like huh i guess i'll continue showering I'm oh like, my god come on it's man the whole film is a person waiting and reacting and waiting and reacting and we yeah. barely see any of the action we barely actually i didn't find this film that gory like there weren't that many moments of violence the, the, the fingers that, yeah the fingers the was that got me. gross but it was very brief also like a series of little children ghosts is and like visions isn't scary like yeah as a viewer i want there to be a physical threat and I never believed at any point that any of these visions were necessarily physical threats. But you know what would be so much creepier? If the whole film was about this guy looking for a, like a, a serial killer after a woman. And in the final shot, he sees her and he just looks at her. That itself would be so much more scary than maggots eating a face. Yeah. Because it's about the physical threat of a person, not something that's a bit gross. That last scene was actually kind of scary. Where, mm. like... The bit where she is hugging her son and then we see like out of focus in the background, bye mom, and the music yeah. goes, mm, and you're like, <gasps> and then she gets dragged away. That was visceral. That was good shit. I just, I did close my laptop once again being like, <sighs> yeah. when I finished it. Well, hey, look, hey, mid mid description booster before we get back to it, let's let's go to fucking Spookums in April. Spookums right, in do April. It. All right. Hey, it's time for Spookums in April. <laughs> That's a lot of work for me. All right. <laughs> um, 
I, I was thinking, I was racking my brain, you know, because like I, I, I like the idea of Spookums in April, but what is it? You know, initially mm. I, was, I was thinking, maybe I'll ask you about like what horror mythologies you like, because this is a whole thing steeped in mythology. Last night I had a breakthrough. What? I know what it is. What? Who do you think is the most smoochable Spookum? Smoochable Spookum? Yeah. Look, I've said before, for me, all of Spookums in April is leading to take all the monsters from Spookums in April who would win in a fight. Right, right yeah. This who do you want to smooch? And this, I have a list, and it's inspired by the horror movies that we've watched on mm-hmm. this, on the IMDb's Worst 250. Oh, smoochable spookums. Mm-hmm, smoochable right. spookums. So it's not the same as, like, who do you think is the sexiest? Yeah. But I would definitely say a smooch is different than just a kiss. Like, this mm. isn't a peck where you're it's going. like a big, loving, wet smooch. Yeah. I get a peck so. is like, oh, I'll pick someone who has the most clear lips and I can get o- get it over with. This is, like, smooch. Yeah. Get into it, Yeah. You know? So, out of uh, Kayako Saeki, the villain of, of this and the original, Bye Bye Man himself, uh, Samara Morgan from The Ring, Spooky Cape, back from VHS Viral, Jason Voorhees, or Cyborg Jason, two different, uh, The Predalien from Alien vs. Predator <laughs> 2, and Paranormal Activity Ghosts. <laughs> when you say the spooky cape... Yeah. VHS viral. Mm-hmm. Do you mean the cape itself, not the magician? I do not mean the magician. Yeah. Because I, I think we would all agree <laughs> He's least <a> smoochable. <laughs> yeah. His ratty little goatee. No, he, I mean, he seems like an incel. I mean the cape and the Scooby-Doo monster that lives inside of it. As was revealed at the very last shot of Spooky Cape. <sighs> Who do you think is the most smoochable? We can start, we can do it like, like, let's start eliminating people. Who do you think is least smoochable and we'll work our way up? That'll be easier. I think paranormal activity ghosts we never saw them i don't know mm. I, I can't you can't i can't, you, I can't imagine smooching how them. can you get into a physical embrace when there's no physical to embrace exactly you know speaking um, invisible yeah um, okay so they're gone they're out the i reckon look i like the predalian i think it's i think it's neat you know i think it would be good at a wet kiss be very moist yeah it'd be very good at a wet kiss yeah I think its problem is that I'd be too, like, I want to go in with a little bit of tongue, and I yeah. think its tongue would threaten to both, like, eat my tongue yeah. and impregnate me with future generations of predating. Yeah. If you have a pregnancy, if a breeder kink, that might be great. So hot. Yeah, so hot. The woman from The Grudge, what's her, what's her name? Like, Samara Morgan, or Sadako, I can't remember her last name in the original Japanese. So, Samara. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's a bit of a baddie. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, she's got like long, very wet hair, but she's got like nice pale skin and she's got a very physical form. Like, if we're going in for a smooch, there's something really tangible well, about smooching her. She, like Kayako Saeki, which I realize in this moment, we should probably change to Fiona Landis, you know? If we're comparing Samara Morgan and Fiona, uh, Fiona Landis, both of them are spooky ghosts with long black hair and a white outfit. You know, yeah. So they're sort of similar there, but I'm I'm with you in that Samara seems more smoochable. She's also very wet. Yeah, exactly. At all they're times. all they're all going to be wet, and I don't mind a bit of. I mean, I don't mind a bit of wetness, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like hentai of Samara Morgan like on oh, the internet. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if someone's like done a weird anime drawing of her being like, Ooh, because she could, you can sexualize her. She's still a chick, man. That's when I said. This is why I, I didn't want to go with sexy and smoochable. I, I didn't necessarily. Is, sex, is smoochable not meant to be sexy? No, no. Like, it can, it can be hot. You're talking about breeder kinks. I didn't. Right. <laughs> with yeah, that's the predalien. Right. No, yeah, you're right. You're and right. I'm wrong for making it sexual. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. 
You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Samara Morgan's pretty hot. Yeah. We should go check She's out her hentai. She's a baddie, all right? Uh, bonus episode, hentai of Samara Morgan. And the truth is, Shorty got a fatty, all right? <laughs> She's my little girl. What? Cut that. What is this lyric? She's, what? He's my little boy. She's my little toy. It's a song. Yeah, I Shorty don't know what the lyric is. Shorty got a fatty. What is the fatty? Is it? A, it's the ass. It's a blunt, isn't it? Oh, okay. No, it's probably it's a, a weed no cigarette, idea. isn't it? She got a fatty. <laughs> Cut Jesus. it. Cut it out. Christ. So maybe her. Yeah, but why? But wait, can, can you remind me of the other options? So we've already eliminated Kayako Sayaki, Predalien, and Paranormal Activity Ghost. So what's left is Bye Bye Man, Samara Morgan, Spooky Cape, Demon, mm. Jason Voorhees, and Cyborg Jason from Jason X. I think Jason Voorhees, hell no. Hell no? No. He's just not. It's not a vibe. I don't want to smooch wet. him. A lot he of vomits a lot of water. He d- yeah, um, as we As we remember. Cyborg, Jason as well. That's a really cold smooch. Like, mm. it's there's no warmth there. I don't know if he's been programmed how to love. Yeah, So exactly. I don't think it would be tender. It'd be like a one-way smooch. I don't yeah. think he'd smooch back. Also, I... That's I something know. to consider. Where's Jason, the, how, what's the smooch back factor, you know? Mm. Well, that's that's uh, what we're trying to figure out in this moment. Back? I think Samara and I would probably... I'd get it. I think we'd like a smooch I reckon back. I'm in with Samara, to I, be honest. I think, yeah. because She's Cy- seen what I can offer. It's the guns. I think you're right. Cyborg Jason can't take off his mask, unlike regular Jason. Yeah. But then Jason would just vomit in... I don't want to. I don't want to be rejected, to be honest. And I just, I don't think that Jason would return my advances. Mm, I think through that, that's why as well. I don't want to do spooky cape. It's yeah. probably not going to be good at the smooch back factor. Yeah, exactly. You're going with Samara Morgan. Yeah. Look, I'm with you. I want to do it. My my sweet gay heart is begging me at least do one of the female ones because mm. it's definitely more in my wheelhouse. But at the same time, I reckon if I smooch the bye bye man, I just wouldn't be able to get him out of my head. <laughs> Hey, oh, I didn't rewrite that. <laughs> was the Bye Bye Man played by Brad? No, Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's hot. He's, he's got a lanky physique. He's got a big mouth. He's got big, a big, scary, mouth. gaunt eyes mm. with bags. His beady eyes. You know when you're it's kissing hot, someone and then you open your eyes and they're just staring right at you? Yeah. I reckon Bye Bye Man would do that pretty intensely. Yeah. He'd definitely smooch back. I reckon the Bye Bye I reckon you're in. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I'm in. I also don't think there's much competition. Whereas Samara Morgan, pff, please, yeah, there's definitely this, a bunch of weebs on the internet who you're fighting to get that smooch 100%, in. One hundred percent, but she's mine, all mine. Yeah, bye bye, man. Nobody watched that movie. Hell yeah, this I'm is, in. This has been a really good question. I think. Thank you. I think I've reflected a lot on what I want and what I need, and I'm not afraid to demand what I want as well. I want a smooch back. Yeah. Okay. I want a smooch back, and I'm not That's afraid what makes to say it. Okay. I don't want a one-way smooch. I think if anything, we've learned we want the smooch back, and a lot of villains are wet. Yeah, a lot That's of them a very are wet. goopy factor. I, to, I think it's because like when something's very wet, it monsters. It's rotten, so like right. it's like that, you know, like a, a monkey brain. Oh, it very wet. It bad. I do go rotten in the shower. You know, and you're just like soaping yourself up and you're like, I smell weird. And then bits of flesh just come straight off and peel away. There's not that many things that are wet all of the time. And and it's great. Like swamps are wet all the time, filled with dangerous poison. Mm. Would you describe a lot of monsters as boggy? I would definitely like, I would say boggy is more apt for Samara Morgan than just wet. She's boggy. She's of the swamp. Uh I think Kayako is less wet. Like Fiona as well. Fiona Landers. She is less boggy, but she's certainly a little moist. Yeah. She certainly seems a bit gooey yeah. in, in a lot of ways, but she is less of the swamp. She looks like she's just stepped out of the shower yeah. instead. 
She was, <laughs> that's what she was doing. She was in the shower. She's in the bath. God damn it. It was right fucking there. She just got out of the bath. Okay. All right. Let's get back into talking about this fucking movie then. The non-linear storytelling of it was inscrutable. I'll be honest. I had to watch this second time. Thought it was better the second time. You had to watch it twice? Well. A lot of time in, elapsed. A lot of time elapsed. Yeah. I watched it and then we couldn't record. So I watched it again because I was like, I remember nothing about this movie because yeah. it was, it was incomprehensible it was like five minutes in i was like oh i think not watching the original grudge is handicapping my understanding of what the fuck is going on Mm, i had to look up the 2004 grudge yeah plot just so i could understand this one but it still didn't make it make any more sense i did the michelle thing and i did a lot of research into the series and the lore of the series and how it works and stuff i mean because that's why i was like maybe it should be about mythology because the mythology of this is crazy, but also really? not that complicated because it's primarily it. This is what's because they even say it at the beginning of this movie. If if someone dies very violently, which seems vague enough that there should be so many of these ghosts, yeah, one hundred percent. So many people die very violently. Um, they turn into a juan, which is a kind of spooky ghost. Uh-huh. Every time I looked it up, it was primarily leading me back to the original, so I don't know if it's a term he came up with. Uh-huh. Um, they turned into a spooky ghost called a Juwan, which is what Kayako is. In the original, it's that her husband thinks that she's cheating on him. So then he, being a very bad, abusive husband, kills her and their child. But she dies angry and violent. Yeah. In a violent way. Yeah. Okay. And so then, then she gets him, and now she haunts the house. And so the idea is, this is where it gets vague. It's vague enough that it's good for one movie, but it's hard to spin into a franchise, mm. which I think is the thing with a lot of horror movie mythologies. They make the mistake of in the first one, they're like, ooh, it's the spooky thing. And then they have another one, and they're like, well, we have to explain more about it yeah and that's a problem because it actually doesn't make sense because mm. because it's that if you go in the house then now you got cursed <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of, but then it's like it's sort of implied that that now if you're like interacting with people around you that they also can get cursed there also seems to be i think the ghost possesses them like that's why john cho ends up killing his wife I think it's that he was possessed by Fiona Landers right. rather than he is now a ghost. Yeah. You know, it's it's very confusing. But that seems to be the whole thing. If you go in-house, you got you got spooked. And so Fiona went to the house from the original grudge. When she's on the phone, she's talking to Yoko. That's a character in the original grudge. Right. right. And she's like, yeah, man, I got to go home. All of a sudden, now this house is empty and waiting for Sarah Michelle Gellar. And then, <laughs> and then on the street... <laughs> she sees a rubbish bag moving and then an arm gets out of it and tries to grab it. Ah! But it but it doesn't and then she just she walks away. It. and never talks about it again. Yeah. And then she goes home, but she got spooked. Now she's cursed, so she kills her family. The thing is, as you say, the mythology of this for me was inscrutable. It's so completely I'm enjoying you explaining it to me because I I can't even tell you what what I think it is. That's why the whole thing with the partner the uh, Damien Bashir character, uh, Goodman, he's like, I didn't go in the house because I thought it lo- seemed kind of spooky, but my partner did, and then now he's been haunted for ages. And then he gouges his eyes out. Yeah. That bit was pretty gross. That was That was, that was, that gross. was awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was really just awful. It, it, it's so... This movie is frustrating because, like, none of the reveals feel like anything. Because mm. one of my favorite parts... I laughed so hard at this bit on the second watch, which was the only time I understood it. It cuts around... 
so much. And for no reason, by the way. It could just be entirely 2006 Detective Muldoon is solving the mystery. That's by far and away the only interesting part of the movie. Every other story is just like how these other people died. And it is just they hang out in the house until they get killed by a ghost. Yeah. She, right in the opening, her beginning scene is she's out in the woods because she's it's her first case. And there's like a crashed car with like a very rotten old body. And then she goes, how, how does something like this ever happen? And they're like, oh, it's Jackie Weaver's character from ages ago. I'm in, And she's like, I'll investigate the case. And that's how she stumbles across the house and goes into mm. it and stuff. And then it's finally revealed right before the third act that the way that Jackie Weaver died is that she was in the house with the old couple. And then she got, she, she got scared because the woman was cutting her fingers. So then she ran away and dr- tried to drive away. And then the ghost startled her in the car, and so she crashed. Yeah. And then it cuts again to her going, how does something like this ever happen? <laughs> it's like, she got startled by a ghost. <laughs> it was the big reveal. Yeah, rather than getting attacked by ghosts, a lot of them just get startled by ghosts. Yeah. And that's not as fun. No. It's so weird. Do you want to hear some trivia about it? Fuck yes! Holy shit. IMDb trivia! Um... All right, so this will answer, I think, a thing that you had about what the deal is with it being rebooted. Yeah. In 2014, it was announced that a reboot a reboot was in the works, with Jeff Bueller set to write the screenplay. Bueller stated in an interview that the upcoming film would have all new characters and new ghosts, which I think is such a funny way to pitch this story. Yeah. It was also reported that the character of Kayako Saeki, who had been a central character in the previous three installments, would be absent from the new film, which she mostly was. Then in early July 2017, so three years later, it was announced that Nicholas Pesci had been hired as a director and he would be rewriting Bueller's draft of the script. Pesci has stated that it would be much darker, grittier, and more realistic, which, again, is something really funny to say about a ghost movie. <laughs> it's going to be more realistic ghosts. <laughs> um, There's something unbelievable about this plot line. <laughs> something mysterious. I just can't put my finger on it. Around this time is when it went from being a reboot to, like, they were like, oh, it'll be a reboot. And then they were like, no, it'll be a sequel. And then they were like, no, it'll be a prequel. And the compromise was to make it all of them. (laughs) It is is a prequel, technically, because of Fiona Landers leaving the house, and that's why Sarah Michelle Gellar has to go there. Right. And then it's a sequel because it's another grudge movie. But it's also a reboot because it's meant to be like, oh, now it's all about the Fiona Landers ghost, not about that Japanese ghost. Mm. So there you go. It's all three. That's why it feels like eight movies stitched together. So that's why there's a plot line in, what, 2004, 2005, and 2006? Because the original was set in 2004. Right. And then the sequel was set in 2006. So it's it's a side right. quote. That's so stupid. While Sarah Michelle Gellar and her in- <laughs> movie sister are dealing with the Japanese ghost, they're dealing with this American ghost. That's that's that. Um, this is one of my favorite bits of trivia because I love when it's... You know when trivia's written and it's like, that's, that's some shade. Mm. This film's cast includes two Oscar nominees, Demian Bashir and Jackie Weaver. And I yeah. think that's something really funny to put about a movie that is this low. Yeah. <laughs> rated. It did have like, yeah, I think a lot of the casts were actually not that bad, despite some terrible performances. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, the lead lady was good as well. Well, but this is, like, how Bye Bye Man had fucking Faye Dunaway. 
Yeah, I've already tried to forget Bye Bye Man. That's true. Um, The scene... (laughs) The scene... (laughs) Sorry, this is so silly. The scene where Detective Muldoon is being stalked by ghosts in a darkened police station is adapted from the Juwan the Grudge Wii game. (laughs) That's a Wii game? Imagine (laughs) buying that game on the Wii. (laughs) There's something heroic about people that still play Wii games. I think there's something heroic about people who developed Wii games that weren't, like, cutesy, fun kid games. I don't. I didn't know that you could do anything but play tennis on the Wii. Oh no! Yeah, it was a full. Con- they had a, some other. Like there was even. I think there was a Resident Evil on it, or there was maybe I think House of the Dead was on it. God damn! There's like a whole bunch of like. No, it's a serious platform for serious gamers. No, and it's every time not. they tried, it was like, not silly Nintendo fun. Yeah. No one bought the Jew on the Grudge Wii game. Remember how Wii was like state of the art technology? It's really like you're playing tennis in your living well, room. Notably, it was incredibly not state of the art technology compared to the other uh, consoles of that generation, except for the motion controller. But the motion control, yeah, the motion controller was the best bit. That was the whole shit. That's why people wanted it. That was Nintendo going. Our whole thing is family. Sony is literally killing us. Yeah, and we are going to die. What we should do is pivot to be something slightly different rather than an alternative. Yeah. And so then they made the great move because people would buy a PS3 and a Wii. Yeah. Clever. Yeah, that's good. People still do that. They buy a PS5 and a Switch, not Mm. either. Yeah. Yeah. That's good shit. Clever, clever, clever. Um, And then I'll end it on our constant favorite, not screened in advance for critics. (laughs) We've encountered that piece of trivia quite a few times <laughs> in the course of this podcast. Uh, do you want to hear some reviews? Oh, fuck yeah. Reviews! This is one of the 4.2s on IMDb's. Nick Allen of RogerEbert.com gave the film three out of four stars, uh, saying that what? it is often as nasty as you want it to be. It's cheesy jump scares and generic packaging be damned, which I included because I also wanted to include a review by Roger Eber of the original film, giving it <laughs> one out of four. I'm not sure how most of these scenes fit into the movie. I do, however, understand the underlying premise. There is a haunted house and everybody who enters it will have unspeakable things happen to them. He criticized the fragmented time structure and said he eventually lost all patience. Oh, my God. I wonder, I don't trust that guy fucking yeah. reviewing for Roger Ebert. I bet he's fucking rolling in his <laughs> grave. Is, three, three out of four stars. It's so clearly worse than the original, and <laughs> yeah. he gave the original one. There's yeah. no way he would have given this three. That's despicable. Let's get that man fired. I have, like, a whole handful of IMDb reviews, but a lot of them are short. Mm-hmm. First one is uh, titled The Best by <laughs> Aishi. Best horror, best story, best cast, best everything. I like this movie. 10 out of 10. I love it. That was the best review. This one is Best Grudge uh, by TD Harris 26625. Really has a ring to it. Stop the hate. It's dead wrong. I watched this on DVD and this is creepiest, scariest grudge ever. The acting was amazing. The plot and the way it ties into the original was amazing. Don't believe the hate. If you love the grudge, then you will love this one. Perfect. 10 out of 10. This one's titled Best of Ever by Aishi, again. These people love using the word best. It's getting thrown around left, right, center. Well, like I said, this one's also by Aishi. Oh, Aishi's going nuts. Uh, best movie, Jew on The Grudge. Thank you. Sorry for this reboot. <laughs> ten, out, 10 out of 10. Uh, we accept the apology. This one's titled Loved It by Shamik Hedder. 
Man, when we do slightly older movies, it'll be like Ninja Turtle and like comprehensive things. Yeah. This is just gibberish. It's full of mixed stories, unlike the three previous boring grudge movies. Even the storyline is exciting. Go from one time to another at the same time. I don't know why it was rated poorly. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. I can't believe we found the person who thinks the first three grudges are bad, but this is good. (laughs) Uh, And this last one is titled The Grudge by Aishi. Again. Nice. (laughs) the Grudge, Newborn, A New Curse, This Best Movie Ever, I Like This Movie, Heart Eyes Emoji, 10 out of 10. Aishi, take a chill pill. Get off the computer, go for a walk, breathe in some fresh air. I don't even think you could review movie multiple times yeah, when I interview. Yeah, we've never, I don't think we've ever come across I, someone. I checked the account, it's the same person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get some fresh air in your nostrils. Take your mind off The Grudge 2020. Watch another movie. Watch a different one. <laughs> I think they have a grudge against everyone who hated this movie. Because it's the best. It's the best movie. What's your review of this movie? That's yours. What, hey, what, hey, you have thoughts. What are they? I wouldn't go that far, Michelle. Yeah, not today. <laughs> I just listen to what you say and I go, yes, that is what I think. <laughs> Didn't you confess that like last episode? I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, my bad. I, this, this was a hard week, Michelle. What with ailing health and, and. I gotcha. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. What with ailing health, and you got um, this. come on, we're so close to the finish line. You can do this. I don't have a. You can make it all the way. Uh, you don't even have to. You don't even have to. This has been a hard week with ailing health. Is is full and complete thought. Thank you. It's been a tough week hey, with ailing health. Hey, baby, 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 shh, hey, baby, baby, shh. You got this. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and this film was so frustratingly predictable and boring yeah. like there was yeah. there wasn't there was no fun there was almost nothing to predict yeah I, I, apart from the twist that the way that jackie weaver died was she got startled in her car <laughs> spooked by a ghost <laughs> didn't even have to be a, she could get startled by anyone this film annoyed me and and pushed me to my limits i'm <laughs> giving this film <laughs> a 0.5 out of 10 whoa fuck this movie i can tell you're in a bad mood because <laughs> we have rated way worse movies higher than that because there was no joy no fun that's true took itself far too seriously it, it was- wasted my fucking time it was so shocking to me while watching this to realize that we were so panicked about bye bye man and vhs viral and those are so fun in comparison yeah, to yeah exactly exactly completely I'm all joyless. about joy and fun films zero point five films don't have to have joy right like hereditary is a movie i would rate nine out of ten it is joyless and i will never watch it again it's too much for me but it's a great movie this is just it's all right what if there's it's no right. actual quality behind it yeah it's terrible i didn't like this at all first time watching it i found it completely incomprehensible it just felt like it belied all sense whatsoever second time watching it i kind of got what it was going for a little better and i'm not gonna lie it improved my rating still very low but i kind of got what the what the guy what's his name nicholas pesci Mm -hmm. what he was going for yeah i i get i get what he was trying to do i don't think he achieved it I think it's very bad. I think every part of it, front to back, was a bad choice. Except the very end scene. That was a genuinely spooky scene. I think yeah. for that scene, it's going to bump it up from a 2 to a 2.3. Whoa. Still very low. It's still a movie, so I don't want to go below 2. It's Fair still very enough. clearly a movie. It's just a, clear, a movie that doesn't mean anything or make any sense. I don't. It doesn't mean anything. It's haunted. So what? Make a statement on the American dream, huh? We're haunted by the land around us and the and, uh, previous generations. Hey, that's kind of neat. You Look can't at that. really Came make a statement that on, on the, the American dream spot. anymore. Dennis Leary covered it all in his song Asshole. So I think we're done. <laughs> 
you can't make a, a thing about the American dream anymore. Uh, Dimension 20 did that in their Unsleeping City season, uh, which everyone should go watch. That is an actual play D&D thing that is a genuine work of art. I think it's Aww. so good and moving. Oh. Yeah, this movie's terrible. Uh, <laughs> that was our rating. But hey, if you want to hear us go through this shit show next week, uh, you hey. can follow us on on social media. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Rate Descend Pod, on TikTok at Rating Descending, or you can email us at ratingdescending at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our personal accounts. I'm on Instagram under Abigail J. Ward. Or you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Michelle.StClair. I will also say I am on those platforms a lot. I've taken a break from posting because it can be very hard and vulnerable, especially the way Twitter is right now as a trans woman to post a bunch. And I feel better. So I'm glad. You know what? Hey, everyone, participate in social media the amount that you want, not the amount that you feel obligated to. It's very relieving. Speaking of obligations, please also drop us a review on either (laughs) Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. It is an obligation. It is. You're contractually obliged (laughs) to drop us a review. Well, that was The Grudge. What are we watching next week? Well, Michelle, next week we are watching The Gallows, another film to join our spookums in April streak. And hey, look, then we'll have a little break. We'll go back to the horror movies, but maybe this should be the conclusion. Yes. Spookums in April. My God, drawing to an emotional close. I mean, technically it's now Spookums in Maypril, but... but (laughs) Spookums in Maypril what? Spookums in Maypril. Maypril Spookums. There's already music here.